Hello and welcome to the PHBC Pastors Podcast, where we seek to bring biblical and pastoral insight to everyday issues for the people of PHBC. I'm Brian. Hi, Mom. <laughs> and that's Brian. Um, shout out to Mrs. Sandifer. <laughs> We're continuing our series today on the end times. So far, we've looked at eschatology as a whole, revelation as a book, and today we're going to look at hell. Um, So this is not something that we might necessarily want to talk or think about, but this is something incredibly important, thoroughly biblical, and so we want to give it its due um, attention. So, Pastor Brian, to to kick things off, uh, what comes to mind when it comes to what the Bible says about hell. Any any thoughts in terms of the biblical presentation of hell? Um, well, nothing positive comes to mind, if you will. Uh, nothing. It's certainly a place that that as a Christian we shouldn't wish on our worst enemy. Mm. It is a place of eternal conscious torment. Um, it's a Christless eternity. And so... Yeah, it's 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 not a it's not a good picture. Yeah, I, I really appreciate the thing you said. The first, um, I've heard the the phrase and, and pardon this expression, the, "go to hell," um, where we say such a thing as someone, and it's it's said very flippantly. It's said out of anger. I am horrified by such a sentence. If we were to actually think through what one would be truly saying by by uttering such a claim, that is the worst thing you could say to someone, and the least Christ-like thing you should say. So, so brothers and sisters, please, we must avoid flippancy on such a serious subject. Um, so, Pastor Brown, thank you for, for introing it. What, what is hell? So, where did hell come from? What, where, where did this get initiated? In the mind of God. Yeah. And, and, and so then the follow-up is, is why? Because yeah, ultimately it brings God glory. Mm-hmm. And so in our fallenness, we might not understand how somebody uh, suffering an eternal conscious punishment would bring God glory, uh, but that is due to our finiteness, number one, and it's also due to us not really grasping the infinite holiness and majesty of God. Mm-hmm. And so when you... so very common analogy, if the, the nature of a punishment depends on the, the nature of the person who's offended. So if, um, you know, if, if somebody were to come and slap me, uh, probably, you know, police aren't going to do anything. They you know, might tell the person, you know, stop it, not a big deal. On the other hand, if I jump in president, the president's motorcade and slap the president, probably going to be going to jail for that and 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 I'm going to have secret service looking into every Facebook post I've ever made to wonder if, what kind of psycho terrorist I am because because of who I offended I offended the president in that case and so yes he's a human being just like you and I are but you understand the the principle there and so when we if I were just to if you will offend a human being uh, that's one thing and and we ought not to like deliberately try to offend a human being but when i sin my sin is ultimately against god that's what david says in psalm 51 that against you and you only have i sinned so my sin is against an infinitely holy and righteous god and so 
the punishment that is due is befitting the person whom I've sinned against, namely God, who is infinitely holy and righteous. And so the punishment is not going to be just a temporal punishment. It's going to be an mm -hmm. infinite type of punishment. There you go. And so that, that leads um, directly on to some of the questions I wanted to, to throw your way about hell. Um, so particularly picking up on that aspect, the idea of annihilationism, um, a large word. Um, can you just unpack what that term means and, and why you would say that Scripture does not support it? So annihilationism is the idea that, um, that yes, evildoers, sinners uh, who have not been uh, uh, saved by Jesus, that they will go to a place of um, conscious torment, but they will ultimately be annihilated in that. So it won't be an eternal conscious torment. It'll be a temporal conscious torment uh, to where their uh, very existence ceases to be, and so they will be annihilated. Uh, but Jesus says, uh, so for example in Matthew chapter 25, that these go away into eternal punishment. So it's not a temporary punishment, it's an eternal punishment. Um, and so it's just, it's just not biblical. And we understand why people want to, you know, we, we don't like the idea that somebody would suffer an eternal conscious punishment. I mean, and if you do like that, then, well, that raises some serious questions already. If you, like, if you relish in that, and, you know, in all seriousness, I just ask you, are you genuinely a Christian that you would, that you would relish that idea that somebody would go to an eternal conscious torment? Uh, so we don't like that, and so it, even in our fallenness, we don't like that. And but we do need to be careful to allow um, to allow God's word to speak to our hearts. And where God's word is clear, then we need to be clear. And God's word is clear that hell is not a temporary place; it is an eternal place. Yeah, and you you already answered this one clearly, so I'll just mention it. The the idea that someone might say, well, how could an eternal hell be fair? You know, I steal an apple and I, I get punished forever for all eternity. But again, that's completely missing the point. It's completely uh, diminishing the holiness, the glory of God. And so I circle you back to about five minutes ago when, when PB started talking about the significance of God and how uh, the worth determines the punishment. Um, Pastor Brian, is there any way out of hell? Not once you're there. There you go. Uh, but before you get there, then the way out of hell is to trust in Christ. So to... to believe the gospel, the good news that Jesus uh, came and took the punishment that was due to us. Um, he died on the cross. He took our punishment so that if we trust in him, if we turn from our sin, we trust in Christ, uh, that we uh, will be saved, that, that we will receive the righteousness of Christ. Martin Luther called it the great exchange. So Jesus takes our sin and we take his righteousness and so then when the day of judgment comes and we stand before the Lord God Almighty, uh, we will be covered with the righteousness of Christ, and so we will escape eternal punishment. Otherwise, um, there's no other way to escape hell. So we live in a decently Catholic population in, in Southern Maryland. Uh, Catholics would teach, maybe not that you can get out of hell itself, but there's this idea of purgatory. My, my guess is you don't find that compelling. Well, I don't find it compelling because it's not in the Bible. And so the idea of purgatory is that it's kind of like an intermediate holding place. Um, and so Catholics also uh, 
divide sins up into mortal sins and venial sins, where venial sins are kind of your average run-of-the-mill sins, and mortal sins are those sins that could um, actually affect your eternal state. And so purgatory would be a place where you can go and your sins can be... Uh, so you, you can atone for your own sins, if you will, in purgatory um, and through spending... You know, for example, you, you spend... Because you stole a lollipop from the grocery store, uh, you're going to spend an extra 500 years in purgatory making right for that lollipop. Um, well, Jesus has already made right for the lollipop, and so we don't need to spend time in purgatory. Jesus has taken care of that for us. What a better gospel. Mm. Uh, that's, that's great. Thank you very much for that. Um, so... If, as you say, uh, Jesus is the only way out of hell, which, apart from him, we are all um, going towards because of our own sin, what about that innocent man on this remote jungle island who has never heard the name of Jesus? He lives, he dies. How, how is an eternal hell fair for him? Brian asked these questions knowing what I'm going to say, just for the record here. Uh, <laughs> well... That innocent man goes straight to heaven. The problem is there is no in such innocent man. We are ding, all ding, ding. we are all guilty. We all um, so this this is Romans one again. We're preaching through Romans, so just rewind uh, back to when I preached on Romans one. Uh, we we all are all without excuse. We are all sinners, and so the the supposed innocent man who's never heard of Jesus. Who, who doesn't understand what it is to sin a, against and offend God, that person is a fiction, and there is no such person. So when we stand condemned before God, or when an individual stands condemned before God, it won't be uh, he or she will not be able to say, but, you know, but I'm innocent, I haven't done anything. Uh, that's helpful. And then to unpack that logic a bit more in terms of what I've heard. So certainly there is no such thing as the innocent person, but people still have uncertainties about, well, what about just the person who's never heard the name of Jesus? To which I would respond, and this is not original to me, I can't recall where I first heard it. If that was the case, that if you've never heard the gospel, that you get, quote-unquote, a free pass, then the absolute worst thing you could do would be to tell them about the good news of Jesus Christ. Me. Was that you? Did you come up with that? I don't know if I came up with it, but I've certainly, so, I've certainly used that again. So there you go. Then, then the absolute worst thing you could do is to share the gospel with them because you were, would, you know, in this fictional situation, be taking away that free pass, which no Christian would ever say we should do less missions, but that would be... Well, that would, that would make Jesus quite his command to go and tell people about exactly. the gospel. Why would Jesus want us to do that? If we're, if you will, is, does Jesus have like some... Sadistic motive yeah. that he's wanting to take away. No, he doesn't. He, Jesus knows that there is no innocent person, and so he wants us to go and tell him about the gospel, which is the only means of salvation. There you go. Yeah. Um, so this is one of the subjects where, so this is literally a matter of eternal life and eternal death, and we need to be careful here to not allow our emotions or our personal preferences to cloud what scripture clearly says, what the word of God teaches, and what we understand to be true. So just to, brother, sister, just exercise caution on these subjects. These are significant, these are important, and we want to, at every turn, look to what the word has to say to us. Um, so, so, Pastor Brian, uh, how should 
this doctrine of hell, how should this understanding of hell impact our lives day to day? What, what, what are some takeaways from this discussion that we can, we can leave here with? Well, if you're a Christian, it ought to leave you grateful that God and His grace has saved you. Uh, and so that you have been rescued uh, from an eternal hell. If you have non-Christians in your life, whether they be family or friends or co-workers or what have you, and I'm quite confident we all have individuals who fit that description, um, then it should leave you with a desire, an overwhelming desire to, to share the good news of Christ with them because they will only be rescued through Christ. And so we, we have the job, um, as Ezekiel says, that we're, we're the watchmen on the wall, and our job is to let others know uh, we're to sound the alarm. Uh, we can't make somebody respond, uh, but we want those that we know, those that we love, we want them to at least have an opportunity to hear the gospel. And so we share the message with them. If they never respond, um, Ezekiel would say their, their blood is not on our hands. Uh, but if we fail to share the gospel with them and they die and enter a Christless eternity, then their blood is on our hands. And so we should want to share the gospel more often. Well said. A humbling, a sobering, um, but, a, but a good word to end on. Any, anything else, Pastor Brown, on this subject of hell? No. So we appreciate you joining us for this uh, heavy but important subject. If you have other questions on uh, hell itself or anything else related to the last days, we're taking questions. We'd love to hear from you so that we can uh, respond and serve you as best we can. Um, but for now, we thank you again for your time. This has been the PHBC Pastors Podcast.